And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Well, this is August 24th, 236th day of the year. 129 days remain till the year's over with. You know, it's been an interesting week. Last night, then we had the uh, first debate. Uh, former President Trump wasn't there because he's so far ahead in the polls, he didn't see a need. Additionally, yesterday we had the Wagner boss shot down. He led the mercenaries who rebelled against Putin. His plane was shot out of the sky, and he's supposedly among the the ten that died. The uh, Russians haven't said much other than the fact he is dead. Now, let's see about... You all have asked me for holidays and observances. Let's see. National Waffle Day is today. Kobe Bryant Day. I don't know why he has a day to anybody's guess, but he does. Burger Day. Pluto Demoted Day. That was when Pluto went from being a uh, planet to a uh, dwarf planet. National Knife Day. Vesuvius Day. It was on this day, and I think it was uh, 79, that Mount Vesuvius destroyed Pompeii and Herculaneum. National Strange Music Day. National Peach Pie Day. Internaut Day. Um, National Immunization Awareness Month. National Peach Month. Romance Awareness Month. National Fishing Month. National Inventors Month. National Water Quality Month. National Anti-Frizz Month. National Catfish Month. And Happiness Happens Month. Well, stare at me, it is possible. The, um, it's also Independence Day in Ukraine, Nostalgia Night, Flag Day in Liberia. Let's see, yes, it was uh, AD 79 when Vesuvius erupted. 367 A.D., Gratian, son of Roman Emperor Valentinian I, is named uh, Co-Augustus at the age of eight by his father. It made him deputy emperor. 394, the Graffito of Azimuth Akam, the latest known inscription in Egyptian hieroglyphics is written on this date. 410, the Visigoths under King Alaric I began to pillage Rome. They had been hired as mercenaries to protect Rome, but... 785, the sack of Thessalonica by the Normans. <coughs> Excuse me. 1200, King John of England, signer of the first Magna Carta, marries Isabella of Angelomay in uh, Angelomay Cathedral. 1215, Pope Innocent III issues a bull declaring the Magna Carta invalid. Uh, 1349, 6,000 Jews are killed in Mainz after being blamed for the bubonic plague. 1482, the town and castle of Berwick-on-Tweed is captured from Scotland by an English army. 1516, the Ottoman Empire under Selim I defeats the Mamluk Sultanate and captures present-day Syria in the Battle of Marsdabeek. 1561, Wilhelm of Orange marries Duchess Anna of Saxony. 1608, the first official English representative to India lands in Surat. 1643, a Dutch fleet establishes a new colony in the ruins of Valdivia in southern Chile. 1662, the 1662 Books of Common Prayers are legally enforced as the liturgy of the Church of England, precipitating the great ejection of dissenter ministers from their benefices. Believe as we tell you to believe, or you're out. 1682, William Penn receives the area that's now the state of Delaware and adds it to his colony of Pennsylvania. 
1690, Job Charnock of the East India Company establishes a factory in Calcutta, an event formerly considered the founding of the city in uh, 2003, the Calcutta High Court ruled the city's foundation date is unknown, but it's generally considered to be this date in 1690. 1743, the War of the Hats. Swedish army surrenders to the Russians in Helsinki, ending the war and starting thus a wrath. 1781, American Revolutionary War. It's a small force of Pennsylvania militias ambushed and overwhelmed by an American Indian group, which forces uh, George Rogers Clark to abandon his attempt to attack Detroit. 1780, um, 1789, First Naval Battle of the Svinskund began in the Gulf of Finland. 1812, Peninsula War. A coalition of Spanish, British, and Portuguese forces succeed in Lifting a two-and-a-half-year-long siege of Cadiz. 1814, British troops invade Washington, D.C., and during the burning of Washington, the White House, the Capitol, and many other buildings are set on fire. Unfortunately, they were either put out or rebuilt. 1815, the modern Constitution of the Netherlands is signed. 1916, the Treaty of St. Louis is signed in St. Louis, Missouri. 1820, Constitutionalist Insurrection in Oporto in Portugal. 1821, a Treaty of Cordoba signed in Cordoba, now Veracruz, Mexico, concluding the Mexican War of Independence in Spain. 1857, the Panic of 1857 begins on this date, setting off one of the most severe economic crises in U.S. history, even worse than Bidenomics. 1870, the Wolseley Expedition reaches Manitoba to end the Red River Rebellion. 1898, Count Baravyov, Foreign Minister of Russia, presents a rescript to revoke the first Hague Peace Conference. 1909, workers start pouring concrete by the Panama Canal. Unless you've been there, you can't begin to fathom the canal. I spent three long years running back and forth across it. Had something called the swing bridge that would um, swing out of the way for ships to come through and then go back for people to cross. 1911. Manuel de Uraga is elected and sworn in as first president of Portugal. 1914, World War I, German troops capturing the Moor. Also, in 1914, the Battle of Sur ends as the first Allied victory in the war. 1929, second day of the two-day Hebron massacre during the 1929 Palestinian riots. Arab attacks on the Jewish community in Hebron and the British Mandate of Palestine result in the death of 65 to 68 Jews, and the remaining Jews are forced to flee the city. 1931, resignation of the UK's second labor government and formation of the UK national government took place on this date. 1932, Amelia Earhart becomes the first woman to fly across the U.S. nonstop from L.A. to Newark, New Jersey. 1933, Crescent Limited train derails in Washington, D.C. after the bridge it was crossing is washed out by the 1933 Chesapeake-Potomac uh, hurricane. 1936, the Australian Antarctic Territory is created. 1937 saw the Spanish Civil War. The Basque Army surrenders to the Italian Corpo Troop Voluntary following the Sentona Agreement. Also in 37, Sovereign Council of Asturias and Leon is proclaimed in Gujol. 1938, Kowil incident. Japanese warplane shoots down the Koilan, a Chinese civilian aircraft. Kills 14. It's the first recorded instance of civilian aircraft being shot down. 1941, the Holocaust. Adolf Hitler orders the cessation of Nazi Germany's systematic T4 euthanasia program of the mentally ill and the handicapped due to protest, though the killings do continue for the remainder of the war. 1942, World War II. Battle of the Eastern Solomons, Japanese aircraft carrier Ryoho. It sunk with the loss of seven officers and 113 crewmen. U.S. carrier USS Enterprise was heavily damaged in that battle. 
1944, World War II, Allied troops began the attack on Paris. 1949, treaty creating the North Atlantic Treaty Organization goes into effect. 1950, Edith Sampson becomes the first black U.S. delegate to the United Nations. 1951, an Airlines Flight 615 crashes near Dakota, California, killing 50 people. 1954, Communist Control Act goes into effect outlawing the American Communist Party. Also in 54, Vice President Jao Café Fijo takes office as President of Brazil following the suicide of Getulio Vargas. 1963, Buddhist crisis. As a result of the Jalo Pagoda raids, the U.S. Depart- uh, State Department cables the U.S. Embassy Saigon encourage Army of the Republic of Vietnam generals to launch a coup against President Nguyen Dinh Nhiem if he didn't remove his brother, Ngo Dinh Nhu. 1967, led by Abby Hoffman, the Youth International Party temporarily disrupts trading at the New York Stock Exchange by throwing dollar bills from the viewing gallery, causing trading to cease as the brokers scramble to grab them. Expensive victory. 1970, Vietnam War protesters bombed Sterling Hall at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, leading to an international manhunt for the perpetrators. 1981, David, Mark David Chapman sentenced to 20 years to life in prison for murdering John Lennon. 1989, Colombian drug barons declared total war on the Colombian government. And also in 89, Tadeusz Mazowiecki has chosen the first non-communist prime minister of Central and Eastern Europe. 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev resigns as head of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, which was a rarity. This day in 1991, Ukraine declares itself independent from the Soviet Union, hence the war that was going on right now. 1992, Hurricane Andrew makes landfall in Homestead, Florida as a Category 5 hurricane. Causes uh, up to $25 billion in damages in 1992 dollars. 1995, Microsoft Windows 95 is released to the public in North America. 1990, the first radio frequency identification human implantation tested in the UK. If that was workable and you had the implants, you could open electronic doors with the wave of your hand. Two thousand one. Air Transat Flight two thirty six loses all engine power over the Atlantic Ocean forcing the pilots to conduct an emergency landing in the Azores. 2004, 90 passengers die after two airliners explode after flying out of Dormododovo International Airport in Moscow. Explosions are caused by suicide bombers from Chechnya. Now, what do you accomplish being a suicide bomber? You don't get promoted, you don't get a bonus... And if they find your pieces, you might get buried. 2006, International Astronomical Union redefines the term planet, such that Pluto is not considered a dwarf planet. 2008, 65 passengers are killed when the Rand Aceman Airlines Flight 6895 crashed during an emergency landing at Manas International Airport in Bishkek, Kazakhstan. 2008, a Cessna 208 caravan crashes in Cabanas, Zacapa, Guatemala, killing 11 people. 2010, in San Fernando, Tamaulipas, Mexico, 72 illegal immigrants are killed by those Zetas eventually found dead by Mexican authorities. 2010, Hinan Airlines flights 8387 crashes at Gishun Lindu Airport in Gishun. Heliongjiang, China, killing 44 out of 96 people on board. 2010, Agni Flight 101 crashes near Shikapur, Nagwanpur, in Nepal, killing all 14 people on board. In 2012, Anders Bering Breivik, perpetrator 2011 Norway attacks, uh, is sentenced to 21 years of preventive detention. 2014, a magnitude 6.0 earthquake strikes the San Francisco Bay Area, the largest in that area since 1989. 
2016, an earthquake strikes central Italy with a magnitude of 6.2, with aftershocks felt as far as Rome and Florence. About 300 people are killed. 2017, National Space Agency of Taiwan successfully launches the observation satellite Formosat 5 into space. And in 2020, Erin O'Toole's elected leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Somebody needs to lead Canada. Trudeau certainly doesn't seem to have a clue how to do it. The, uh, let's see. We've been talking about a number of um, scary places. We'll talk about some more of those today. You know, people have strange ideas of what to do in regard to death. In London, Indonesia, we've got the hanging graves. And they hang from crevices on a cliff face in London, Indonesia. Their coffins contain the remains of Torahans, an ethnic group whose long history of burial practices is reflected in the hanging graves. Beginning in the 17th century, the Torahans began suspending their dead from the rock to avoid grave robbing by outside tribes. The higher any given coffin was placed, the greater the status of the corpse. But, of course, time is a great leveler. Many of the older coffins have fallen to the ground. And more recent burials have been slotted into recesses cut into the rock. And at the base of the cliff, you'll see tombs that look like miniature Torahan houses. A burial custom began in the 20th century, according to... Uh, Tim Hannigan, author of A Brief History of Indonesia. And above these houses, niches carved into the cliff hold uh, colorfully dressed wooden effigies called uh, Tautau, which uh, guard the entrances to caves containing underground tombs. According to what Hannigan had to say, nobody knows when the Tautau were first used. They're traditionally reclothed annually and given major repairs every 25 years or so. And you can escape their eerie eyes by following a guide into the cave where an oil lamp illuminates coffins and bleached bones in the site's oldest necropolis. The caves are almost certainly ancient places of burial, probably long before the arrival of the ancestors of the current inhabitants, and basically the whole site reflects a living tradition rather than a fossil. The... Um, I've heard about the hanging graves for years, and I've heard a number of interesting stories about uh, things seen around the, the hanging uh, coffins. Well, in Pierre Leger, France, we have uh, what's known as the uh, Celebrity Cemetery. Also the site of the Charles Pigeon family plot, which is topped by a sculpture of Pigeon and his wife in bed. And there's a number of macabre statues and a memorial to the victims of Francis uh, Netzweiler Struthoff concentration camp. In the late 18th century, Paris was running out of places to bury its dead. Cemeteries were overcrowded and officials were worried about disease, so... Four new cemeteries were planned outside the city. Some of them, uh, one of them was a 110-acre hillside garden park called the Cenotier de Poulachet. And though that necropolis is now the most famous in the world, nobody wanted to be buried there at first. Hoping to drum up interest, French officials agreed to transplant the bodies of uh, such luminaries as uh, poet uh, Jean de La Fontaine and playwright uh, Molaire from older cemeteries to the new location. Great novelist Honoré de Balzac helped popularize the grave gambit by name-checking the place in his work. 1835's uh, Pierre Gloriot, for instance, the novel's hero, having attended the title character's funeral, looks out from... Uh, Pierre Lachey over Paris. 
enchanting world he had wished to reach. He glanced over that humming hive, seeming to draw a foretaste of its honey. Well, before long, Beryl and Pierre Lachey became a status symbol, reflected by the ornate and often creepy tombs that were constructed there. Now part of Paris proper, Pierre Lachey is home to 70,000 barrel plots and a veritable who's who of the afterlife, including a Jim Morrison, Marcel Proust, Oscar Wilde, not to mention Balzac, who uh, was buried in 1850. You know, the it's fascinating to see that the ego continues even after death. Well, let's go to the Czech Republic. The Sedlik Ossuary, the so-called Church of Bones. In the Kutnohora suburb of Sedlik, about an hour outside of Prague, is a Roman Catholic cathedral containing an underground ossuary filled with more than 40,000 skeletons. Nothing unusual about that, I mean, in theory, except the bones have been disinterred and artistically arranged to create uh, chalices and candelabras and candle holders and even a family coat of arms. One spectacular chandelier composed nearly every bone in the human body. Known as the Church of Bones, Osiris had its origin in 1278 when the King of Bohemia sent the uh, abbot of Sudlik's uh, Cistercian Monastery to the Holy Land. And he got a jar of holy soil from Golgotha, the hillside outside Jerusalem where uh, Christ was supposedly crucified. Back home, he spread that soil in the church cemetery, making it a coveted spot for Bohemian burials. Into the 15th century, when the cemetery was closed, the skeletons were exhumed and piled in the chapel, where in 1870, a local woodcarver set to turning them into a macabre object of art. When he finished his work, he uh, signed it. In bone, of course. There's a lot of uh, <coughs> strange activities that revolve around death. Let's talk about Chonchilla uh, Cemetery in Peru, also known as Indiana Jones's Folly. Roughly 18 miles south of Nazca, a small city near the southeast coast of Peru, lies the uh, ancient cemetery of Chonchilla, where bodies were mummified, possibly by the Igachinka people. It's thought it's, this began about uh, 200 A.D. into at least the uh, 9th century. After being clothed in cotton and treated with resin, the corpses were dried on wooden posts and put in 12 open mud brick tombs, creating one of the largest cemeteries in the Nazca area. Well, thanks to the arid desert climate, of course, the mummies were astonishingly well preserved. Some even have shoulder-linked hair. More than 20 still remain, with many more having been destroyed over the years. After it was discovered in the 1920s, the, the area was ravaged by grave robbers who plundered, plundered the remains for the valuables that were buried with them. 1997, the Peruvian government put a stop to the destruction and worked to restore the site. Now, it's said that uh, this is the only Peruvian archaeological site where mummies can be seen in their original tombs. It's according to Ana Maria Cognoro, an uh, expert on uh, Nazca culture and a guide with the uh, Aracari Travel Agency. Along with entire bodies, you find isolated trophy heads, some of which are perforated in the back and threaded with rope, um, which is believed to have been uh, part of a magic ritual. There is most famous mysteries reflected in the nearby Nazca lines, these ancient art drawn on the desert floor, that perplexingly can only be seen from the air. Along with the cemetery, the lines became an important element in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which uh, maybe unsurprisingly misrepresented both. According to one Peruvian blogger, Indiana Jones was the most confused archaeologist in the world. And the comment was made that they were surprised not to see the Statue of Liberty next to the Mexican temples. And certainly that uh, with some writers that could be possible. Well, let's go to uh, Tafet in Africa. 
the burning place. According to Roman historian who wrote about Carthage, a Venetian city-state, there uh, was in their city a bronze image of Cronus, extending its hands, palms up, and sloping toward the ground, so that each of the children would place their own roll down and fell into a sort of gaping pit filled with fire. Now, this city-state, as I said, was Phoenician, and that's where wealthy parents were suspected of sacrificing their children to Dia, such as Cronus, the Greek god of time, during the war-torn 4th and 2nd centuries B.C. 1921, French archaeologists unearthed infant burial grounds known as Tophets, or in Hebrew, the places of burning on the outskirts of ancient Carthage in modern-day Tunisia. Found more than 20,000 urns packed with cremated infant bones, giving credence to the idea that Carthaginian children, from newborns to four-year-old, were sacrificed to various deities, including the Phoenician god uh, Balhamon and his consort, uh, Tanit. Parental dedications left on stones above their children's remains took care to explain the gods had uh, heard my voice and blessed me. They traded their children for um, wealth, apparently. Let's go to St. Rock Cemetery in New Orleans. That's an interesting town. We're going to go to the Chapel of Glass Eyes. Well, in 1867, during the year of fever epidemic that swept New Orleans, a German pastor of Holy Trinity Catholic Church prayed to St. Roch, patron saint of good health, promising that if no one in his parish parish, died of the dread disease, he'd build a chapel in the holy man's honor. And true to his word, when his parishioners were spared, the pastor built a Gothic revival chapel and a cemetery in the city's uh, Faubourg. Um, Marigny neighborhood. Now, today, of course, that church is no longer used. But the cemetery's chapel remains a curious and creepy destination, thanks to a small room filled with prosthetics. Thank you notes, glass eyes, dental plates, coins, crutches, and other items brought by people who claim to have been cured by the eccentric saint. According to one saying in New Orleans, St. Rock will give you what you want, but he always takes something else away. And like many of the New Orleans cemeteries, and more frankly, like the city itself, St. Rock is rumored to be haunted. 1937, according to Gumbo Yaya, classic book of Crescent City folklore, a ghost emerged from a tomb and sat on a grave every night for weeks. That burial ground was... Uh, Supposedly also home to the specter of a large hound. Appropriate, given that St. Rock was also the patron saint of, not only the patron saint of good health, but also of dogs. And uh, when we were in New Orleans, uh, my wife had a meeting, and I wandered around while she was in her meeting. I went to a number of, uh, Marie Laveau's tomb was a fascinating place. There was money laying on the ground, stuck in every crack in that uh, structure. And when I asked the, uh, I was on a tour and I asked the guide about it. And he said nobody's ever stolen anything from here because Marie Laveau will get you if you do. And people believe that. Well, let's go to Indonesia, Trunyan Cemetery, the unburial ground, as it's called. Isolated home to one of the northeast Bali's conservative. Bali Aga communities. And more than most Balinese who adopted the Indian influenced Hindu beliefs, the Bali Aga retained their original prehistoric traditions. As a result, they deviate from the mainstream Hinduism by not cremating their dead. In fact, it led to the curious custom seen in Trunyan's uh, most famous cemetery. It's a remote spot, accessible only by boat. Cemetery is home to a camp-like assemblage of 11 bamboo cages, each of which contains a corpse. 
Amuletos shield the bodies in varying stages of decay, and while the relics of their mortal life, the cigarettes, money, and a few possessions lay scattered on the ground. When a new corpse needs a home, the body that was caged in the, the longest is uh, placed on a stone wall below the nearby uh, Taru Minyan tree. That's a banyan tree that gives off a fragrance that's said to eliminate the stench of decay. In fact, uh, Taru Banyan means a nice smelling and is uh, not incidentally the source of the village's name. Being composed, uh, exposed to flesh-eating insects, wild animals, and elements may not seem conductive to uh, eternal rest, but burial here is considered an honor among the Baliaga. In fact, a cemetery is reserved for married people who died of natural causes. Signs of a completed life, while unmarried people and those who died of diseases, uh, accidents, and the like are buried somewhere else. Everyone from the village, according to one guide, and uh, we hope to be placed here. Because as I said, it is considered an honor. Well, then in uh, Bonaventure Cemetery in Georgia, at the Garden of Good and Evil. And don't get me started on the evil that's in Georgia. The good I haven't found. You know, dead time... Don't change for nobody, according to Minerva, the voodoo priestess, and John uh, Berent's uh, best-selling Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. She was referring to the liminal window between 11.30 p.m. and 12.30 a.m. The half hour before midnight's for doing good, she said, and the half hour after midnight's for doing evil. Savannah's Bonaventure Cemetery, she did both. Black magic never stops, she said. Once you start this stuff, you got to keep it up or they'll kill you. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Perched on a scenic bluff overlooked in the Wilmington River, Bonaventure was built on the side of a colonial plantation, the last remnant of which, a vine-covered mound, now lies forgotten among the Victorian obelisk, marble mausoleums, and old-growth oaks that line the cemetery's uh, dusty avenues. But the cemetery's most famous feature, the eerie blonde's uh, bird girl, featured on the cover of Burns' book, is no longer there. It was removed to avoid vandals in the wake of midnight success. Bonaventure's permanent residents include veterans of the American Revolution and the Civil War, songwriter Johnny Mercer, Poet Conrad Aiken, not to mention more than a few spirits, including that of little Gracie Watson, who died of pneumonia in 1889. Visitors sometimes leave toys around the marble likeness of the girl and even spy her ghost playing in the grass. And the giggling of other children, most distressingly the wailing of babies, has been heard in the cemetery as well. And many of the sites mostly um, mossy marble statues are said to Move, grimace, or sometimes even grin. According to Brent's book, the dead uh, very much with us in Savannah. And having lived in Savannah for a short period, I can tell you that is one odd city. Well, in Okuno in Japan, we have the Mountain of the Undead. 21st day of the third month of the second year of Shawa. It's A.D. 835. Japanese founder of Shingon Buddhism, Kobo Daishi, died and passed into Nirvana on Mount Koya in the Wakayama Prefecture. According to legend, he was laid to rest in the site's mausoleum. But when the monks later opened the tomb, they saw his complexion hadn't changed and his hair had grown. And this led to the belief that... Uh, Daishi never died, but continues to meditate, waiting the coming of the future Buddha. Location of the monk's mausoleum, Okunoin, is one of the most sacred places in Japan, not to mention the site of the country's largest cemetery, a misty, mossy uh, place containing the remains of more than 200,000 people. Here you'll find wooden markers memorizing the stillborn babies, a monument erected by a pesticide company to honor dead termites, Go figure. And another uh, commemorating uh, puffer fish that uh, ended up as sushi. 
Cemetery is known for statues depicting the Jizo Bosatsu, a uh, kind of Buddhist um, saint, uh, that are draped with uh, red bibs by families who have lost children. Everything in this 1,200-year-old forest leads to uh, Kobodaishi's mausoleum, located past a worship hall illuminated by more than 10,000 lanterns, which are said to have been burning since the monk's death. Of course, the main question is, did he ever really die? According to adherents of the Shingon Buddhism, of course not. They believed nobody laid to rest in uh, Okunon is truly dead. Like uh, Kobo Daishi, they're just waiting for the signal to get up and walk. Well... You know, there are certain places that are historically known as the gates to hell. It's not just one. There's several. One is a Nicaraguan volcano that's supposed to be the entrance to the other world. And then there was uh, the story of the devil being conjured in an English cave. Let's go to uh, Fingdu, China, the ghost city. Overlooking the northern bank of China's Yangtze River, Ming Mountain is the unearthly home of Fingdu, the ghost city that was, according to legend, founded 2,000 years ago by two Eastern Han Dynasty officials, Yin Changxing and Wang Fangping. Having fled the material world to devote themselves to Taoism, they eventually became immortal, at least according to the story after years of patient study. In fact, Wen Yang, their names combined, means king of hell. During the Tang Dynasty, a temple depicting the horrors of hell was erected on the site, making it their spectral kingdom. Over time, the temple was joined by shrines representing the afterlife, three of which reflect the arduous test that some Chinese believe souls have to face after death. Location for the test are Nothing to be done bridge, ghost torturing pass, and Tianzi Palace. According to the effect, Fingdu is filled with sculptured depictions uh, of ghosts and demons, many of which are clearly suffering the torments of hell. And the most famous of these is the Ghost King, a giant face carved in the rock hill, the largest sculpture ever carved in rock. Sounds kind of like a Disneyland of the dead. But considering that the city does indeed feature a theme park ride that gives tourists a first-hand glimpse of what it's like to go to the Chinese hell, the uh, there are many stories related to uh, Fingdu. I may do a show about that. Let's go to England. The Hellfire Club. So-called Satan's Caves. You know, the, the diabolic uh, members of the 18th century Hellfires Club congregated in caves as well as the Medvenham Abbey in uh, West uh, Wycombe, England. Members of an earlier uh, iteration of the club often met in uh, Somerset House in London. Now, beginning in 1748, Sir Francis Dashwood, the 11th Baron of Dispenser, Try to help impoverished workers in West Wycombe, England by paying them to construct a quarter-mile tunnel into the village's chalky hillside. But charity was hardly on his mind when he asked his laborers to excavate sacred chambers along the main tunnel, including a banquet hall constructed like a compass that contained niches for Italian statues. Well, the, the tunnel terminated in the complex's so-called inner temple which was reached only by crossing a subterranean stream that Dashwood dubbed sticks after the river that leads to Hades in Greek mythology. Located hundreds of feet below St. Lawrence's Church and Mausoleum, also built by uh, Dashwood, temple served as the meeting place for a group known as the Hellfire Club. Now, this notorious organization counted among its members 
Such 18th century British luminaries as uh, English painter William Hogarth, John Wilkes, a journalist and politician, and the Earl of Sandwich. Clump's practice was rigorously pagan, according to the novelist uh, Horace Walpole. In fact, the members suspected of practicing Satanism and sex rites in their twice-monthly meetings. During these meetings, they were supposedly dressed as abbots and called the women who visited them nuns. Although the club's uh, predictably decadent dissolution was too complicated to convey, uh, suffice it to say, the, the only lasting legacy it comes from the Earl of Sandwich, so the uh, Putadu inventor of the adventure that uh, bears his name. I'm sure each of you has had a sandwich at one point in time, and it was named after the Earl. Let's, let's go to Messiah Volcano in Nicaragua, so-called Mouth of Hell. When 16th century Spanish conquistadors arrived on the Pacific coast of what's now Nicaragua, they were terrified by the molten fury of the erupting Messiah Volcano. Since few had ever seen a volcano before, at least of all an active one, they were easily influenced by the natives' belief that Messiah was a god. Indeed, indigenous tribes had routinely sacrificed children and virgins to the volcano on the pretext of sending them to the fetch water. Aboriginal priests also climbed the crater to consult uh, Tiklu, a divinity who lived in the lava. One conquistador wrote it was an old woman with long and spiky hair, sharp fangs, and breasts reaching to her waist. Legend sounded uh, downright demonic to the Spaniards, and moreover, the volcano itself reflected the prevailing European belief that hell is located in the center of the earth, about uh, 3,555 miles from human civilization. That's more or less the distance between New York and London, with no offense to either city, of course. Uh, as a result, the conquistadors dubbed the volcano La Boca del Infierno, the mouth of hell. But in the end, they came to the conclusion that Messiah was not, in fact, interested in the world. And the reason for that was in 1615, Friar Juan de Torquemada insisted that hell can't contain anything that causes joy. Fire and light, for example. And since human souls aren't physical, there's no need for hell to have a mouth. Well, it's interesting to note... That in this particular case, his logic was accepted. And it became a church tenet that hell has no mouth. You don't believe the way I believe, you're going to die, was the general feeling at that point in time. Then we have Acton Tunachil in Belize, the Crystal Sepulchre. Now, the ancient Maya left human sacrifices in Belize's Acton Tunachil Muknal Cave, which they considered an entrance to hell. East of San Ignacio, Belize, after about an hour's drive and another hour on foot through the jungle, is the Pure Mountain Nature Reserve. That's the home of the Acton Tunachil Muknal, ancient Mayan cave of the Crystal Sepulchre. Discovered in 1989, this three-mile cavern is reputed an entrance to the Mayan hell, Jehovah, otherwise known as the, the place of fear, kingdom overseen by the underworld lords, uh, us master, blood gatherer, and bone scepter, among others. And along the subterranean stream, some 13 people, the youngest just a year old, were ritualistically sacrificed by a Mayan high priest at least a thousand years ago. And if the poetry, ritual objects, and pre-Columbian tools found at the site are any indication, they were probably killed between uh, 700 and 900 A.D. The battered bones of the blunt trauma victims are preserved, amazingly, and more strikingly than those of the so-called crystal maiden, mineralized remains of an 18-year-old woman who has uh, been in the same spot for centuries. 
Although scholars aren't entirely sure why these innocents were slaughtered, they may have been sacrificed to the Mayan rain god, Chak, or to one of the underworld lords. They didn't call them blood gatherer and bone scepter for nothing, of course. Whether it involved bludgeoning, decapitation, or the removal of a still-beating heart from a living victim, human sacrifice was a way of life and death to the ancient Maya. Which raises the question, how did those customs get started? Well, do you know that an abandoned city lies underneath Seattle? Or that there's a radioactive amusement park in Ukraine. Yeah, let's go to Kennecott Copper Mine in Alaska. The so-called ghostly glacier. Well, in 1900, a prospector describing the eastern edge of the Kennecott Glacier in Alaska's remote Valdez Cordova area wrote, I've got a mountain of copper up here. There's so much of the stuff sticking out of the ground. It looks like a green sheep pasture in Ireland when the sun is shining at its best. And frankly, his excitement was well placed. Beginning in the late 1800s, increasing use of electricity, telephones, and automobiles led to a greater demand for copper wiring, meaning a potential fortune was buried in those hills. 1911, after wealthy industrialist J.P. Morgan helped finance the railroad to transport the copper from the site, Kennecott Copper Corporation, which comprised five mines and a mill town, became fully operational. It was uh, due to a uh, clerical mistake that the uh, spelling of the site's name differs from the name of the glacier. Um, the copper mine is K-E-N-N-E-C-O-T-T, and the glacier is K-E-N-N-I-C-O-T-T. But it's the same location. In a tight of operation, about 600 miners worked long, back-breaking hours, seven days a week for 4 or $5 a shift, ultimately delivering an estimated $200 million worth of copper. But as prices dropped during the Depression, that um, curtailed a lot of the activity, and by the late 1920s, Kennecott's mountain of copper was running out. Last train left the station in November 1938. Till the site was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1978, the tangle of tumble-down buildings was a ghost town. According to legend, attempts to revitalize the area were repeatedly sabotaged by the spirits of dead miners who could be heard wailing in the tundra. Among the ice falls and along the trestle bridge they died on while helping build them. Oh, no, there was, there was a lot of... Uh, shall we say, supernatural activity. Let's go to uh, Chernobyl in the Ukraine, so-called dead zone. As you get close, there are warning signs from the, of radiation from the Chernobyl power plant where the 1986 disaster led workers to abandon possessions, pets, even a ship and a... Uh, even a kindergarten sits empty. Toys and possessions lying about. The warning came over Soviet TV that there had been an accident at Chernobyl nuclear power plant. That was two days after Ukraine site's reactor exploded in the early morning hours of April 26, 1986. Caused by a flawed design and Worker incompetence, the world's worst nuclear disaster released 400 times the radiation uh, from the Hiroshima bomb into the atmosphere. 31 people died uh, in less than uh, three months. More died later on, often because of Soviet secrecy. The day after the incident, for instance, uh, near, nearly 49,000 residents in nearby uh, Pripyat community designed to house the plant's workers were told the smoke they could see in the uh, sky was merely steam discharge. So they went on about their business, and to the course they started getting sick. 
more than 30 years after the uh, incident, Pripyat remains a ghost town dominated by the ruins of an amusement park that was never open. And though it's one of the most radioactively contaminated areas in the world, this 1,600-square-mile exclusion zone around the disaster site has become an unlikely tourist destination. You can even find a single small hotel in the remnants of Pipyat. No, it's uh, bread is dry and old, uh, according to uh, TripAdvisor. There has also become an unlikely wildlife sanctuary, with boars and foxes moving into a world that, uh, for humans at least... Is forever frozen in the year 1986. Now let's go to Bodie, California. The wild west, wildest spot. A strange and mysterious country is how 1913's California Tourist Guide and Handbook described the area around Bodie, California. It was in a declining mining town where you could, uh, according to the book, stay at the Occidental Hotel for $2 a night or at the United States Hotel for a dollar. Founded uh, after four prospectors discovered a goal nearby around uh, Mono Lake in 1859, Bodie was nothing but a humble mining camp until 1875 when a mine collapse revealed a rich vein of ore attracting San Francisco speculators. Soon that one secluded spot was filled with more prostitutes, dance halls, and thieves than any other wild west outpost. At least 60 saloons in the place, not a single church, according to one San Francisco newspaper in 1879. Violence was so common that locals would ask, have a man for breakfast, meaning was anyone murdered last night. First sign of decline appeared in the early 1880s when oil supplies dwindled as costs began to rise. In 1962, after years of neglect, Bodie became the country's best-preserved ghost town when the state of California took over its management, leading to its designation as a National Historic Landmark and State Historic Park. And though only about 5% of its original structures remain, they're still stocked with bottles and pianos and slot machines and pool tables and stagecoaches and even coffins. You might ask, does gold remain in them narrow hills? And the answer is, uh, you'll probably never know because metal detectors are strictly forbidden. Well, on that note, we go to the end of today's show. We've got a few more bizarre places to talk about, which we'll do tomorrow before we start our new topic. So until tomorrow, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.